hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. Those days are gone. Stories that need to be told. I'm on a driveway in Detroit, right outside of Detroit. West Bloomfield, Michigan, pacing around my mom's driveway. Stock Tip Dave is with Aaron. They're in the studio in Los Angeles. This is my second time calling into my own podcast. I'm starting to feel like I'm getting muffled out of my own podcast. <laughs> if Stevie could, he would. If Stevie could, he'd be over there right now on the podcast talking. But how's it going over there, Dave? I know you're excited. You got a bunch of new sound effects that you've been playing with. That's great. We're not a big sound effect podcast, but I'm going to let you have your time and play with a couple things if you, if, if you see fit. If you think you're quick enough on the draw and like you can hit the button when it's supposed to be hit, you know what I mean? How do you feel over there? Oh, I feel great. I'll be, I'll be ready. I'm right on, right on cue. You're right on cue? You get your DJ skills ready to go? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy. Got all kinds of stuff. Cool. Full Metal Jacket, yep. Big Lebowski, some Ferris Bueller stuff. Adam Sandler. Oh, nice. Stuff. Good. A couple obscure, a couple, couple popular. I like it. Oh, so meanwhile, I'm in Detroit still. I've been here two and a half weeks. Most people would just come home, take a quick visit, go back to Los Angeles, handle business. Not me. Ever since my three, three and a half weeks ago Vertigo episode, it spun me into a full-blown panic. I lost 10 pounds out of anxiety. I complained for 22 days straight. I talked to 17 doctors. And at the end of the day, I really only had vertigo for seven seconds, but it made me realize, A, I need a psychiatrist, and B, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a hypochondriac. Actually, and C, I don't do well with, with things I don't get. Like, I, nobody explains vertigo to you. Nobody explains it. I talked to four ENTs. They say the same thing. Yeah, just go back to living. It'll go away. That's it. It'll go away. What is it? What is it, though? What is it? I want to know. Can somebody tell me? Oh, it's the crystals in your ear. Okay, good. How do they get loose? How did the crystals get loose? No, I... Oh, it happens with older people. I'm not older. <laughs> I mean, I'm old enough, but, like, everybody I talk to, Dave, your mom, she got it. Yeah. And they, uh, she had it yeah. and went away for two weeks. She had it for two weeks, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. like it's supposed to be short term. It's supposed rough. to not be recurring. But I guess in the worst case scenarios, it's. I think my friend said it lasts up to like six weeks at the most. That's great to know. So I'm three and a half weeks. I'm three weeks in. I think it's done, Dave. I don't know. I've rolled over in bed a couple of times. Nothing's happened. Do you think it's good? You think I'm good now? Yeah. If nothing's happened in a while, then I think you should be good to go. Yeah. Nothing's happened in a while. I mean, last. You know, last week, they tell you to do that maneuver for yourself. You know what I mean? Like at home. So I did it, and I'm like, oh, I think I'm getting better. And then I did it again, and I spun myself into vertigo and then snapped myself out of it. And then I'm not doing any at-home maneuvers anymore. So anybody in the medical field, if you want to make a billion dollars, figure out how to get the damn magnet in your head to suck up the crystals to your eardrum 
so that nobody ever has to get off balance again. Because I'd rather go blind in one eye than be off balance. Yeah. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. But that being said, what was that, Dave? Play it again. The whole world gone crazy! <laughs> John Goodman saying that has the whole world gone crazy. <laughs> I love Big Lebowski, by the way. One of the best movies ever. Um, but knock on wood, I'm feeling better. I'm, you know, I've lost a bunch of weight because of my nerves, but I'm putting weight back on. I'm drinking protein in the morning. Everything's in a good, I'm in a good space. I got a fantastic phone call about the Garment District movie that I, you know, I, I can say it on the podcast because, you know, my podcast isn't like a Hollywood business podcast. So I don't think like any heads of, companies that I care about or call or check in the pod, but I'm, I got to pat myself on the back, Dave, cause I never pat myself on the back. I just don't, I don't get excited about shit. No, I, you know, my mom, brother, everybody's always told me like, yo, you should be excited. You wrote a cool thing. They're going to make a movie. I wish I could feel, and this is probably what I'll, I'll have to talk to the shrink on Monday. I got to learn how to feel positive things that come at me. You know what I mean? And I think it's probably like a thing with a lot of. What are you gonna say, Dave? You're chomping at the bit. I can hear you hiccup it. Really? No, I was just, just gonna say. Yeah, what were you gonna say? No, no, like you're right. You're right about to knock down the door. Your door's about to open, so you should be excited. Okay. Well, I, w- I, I need to start feeling that. You know what I mean? I and mean, I'm starting to get better at it, but it's some wall that I've put up around my heart, and I just have not been allowed to like let myself feel like the joy of having an accomplishment or doing something cool in my field or you know what I mean it's just uh something I deal with but I'm I'm cracking through and I'm excited and I only bring that up because I got a call from the producers of the district of the movie that I wrote about the garment industry in 75 and it was a really cool phone call and it was basically uh, without saying names you know, like a major, another major company is on board and they're going over the budget right now and they're talking to potential, you know, leads in the movie. And anyone that knows the business, they know things can fall apart at any time. Yeah. But this is like the first drama, really drama, drama that I've written that's going down this line. And it was just a super cool call. And it was like, you know, big time producers you know, Stan Wortlieb over at Lionsgate and Peter Schlesel, who's done 20 movies probably, you know, if you look these guys up, they're real deal. And nobody's called to say, yo, we want to do a rewrite. We want to bring in another guy to punch up. They're just, everybody is like gung ho on the script and they're, they're in motion, getting ready to gear up for this thing. So, you know, I'm going to try to pat myself on the back and it's funny because, people ask me like, what do you like better writing or doing stand up or directing? And to me, it's like, it's all the same in a weird way. It's, I mean, it's not, they're not the same. They're not the same. It's not the same work, but they're just different ways to express what you're doing. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I got a soundbite for that too. Also. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, what you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the dude? Yeah. 
the dude in the bowling scene who's like, that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> I, I know what it means. I, I get it. But anyway, my point is, is that they're all different ways of expressing yourself in this business. So like stand up is its own beast. And, but writing, I do love writing and I know I love it because it's one of those things when I get down and dirty on the page, you look up and it's like when time is gone, you know what I mean? Like when I'm writing and I pop my head up and it's, it's 50 minutes later and it felt like five minutes, it felt like a second. You go, okay, I'm in, I'm in a zone, I'm in a zone, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the place I'm supposed to be, you know? Yeah, and even writing for stand up, by the way, directing is like that too, because directing, you're so damn busy. You know what I mean? Like you just don't, when you look up hours are passing, you know, you're making 20 decisions a minute. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like in charge, of everybody's everything. running up on you. You're in charge, but your, your brain is like, it has to be firing. So that's like a super awesome high. And then stand up comedy, when you're cracking it and you're feeling it, there's just no greater high. And I got to thank my brother for like pushing me and saying, get your ass up there, you know, in Detroit and get on those open mic nights and get back to the dirty, dirty grind and do your new shit and crack it open. Cause it's the first time in years that I've cracked open chunks of new material. And I got to say, man, it's coming. It's It's working. That's awesome. And I haven't felt like, you know, I, Dave, I haven't felt this excited about stand up in years man like the fire is is getting relit nice i got i got some there cool, for you too it's a cool go ahead <laughs> yeah i have a feeling you're not even leaving your apartment now that you got a soundboard a soundboard no i am i'm leaving oh, whatever <laughs> just so anyway, that's my, my that's just that's just me venting about needing to. Oh man, White Boy Rick is calling my phone right now. Ooh, should we get him on? Is there a way to get him on? His movie comes out in September. Yes, Shit, man. Do a conference call, merge the calls, answer it, and merge the calls with your iPhone. It should it should allow you. Like you put me on hold and then press merge, and it'll have him on right now. Okay, hold, hold, boom. An inmate at Florida Correctional Institution. Dave, are you there? Yeah, I hear it. And monitoring. You're here, you're to here. Accept charges. Press 1. To refuse charges, press 2. Thank you for using Tnetics. You may start the conversation now. Yo. Yo, Rick, what up? What's happening, bro? Yo, it's so funny, man. If you don't, yo, if you don't mind, so I'm in the middle of my podcast. Like, I'm just, I'm calling L.A. right now, and... You're on. You're gonna. You're on with me right now. If, you, if you're cool, just kicking it for a minute. All right. What's going on, buddy? Yo, everything is good. Sorry, I've been missing your calls. I, uh, yo, when my phone sits on a table for some reason, I don't hear it, and then I just look down, and it's like boom, two missed calls. So, sorry, I've been missing your All calls. Right. Yeah, I shot you a JPay. I shot you a JPay just to let you know what was going on and shit. So. All right. Well, I made you know, I made a call today. Um, I made a call and an email today. So I hit up I hit up Megan and I hit up that, the team in Detroit and those guys. And I basically just okay. said, "Yo, you know, we're looking to be done with this in September. 
let's get it going. If there's any information you have, let me know. And then Megan hit me back and she was like, uh, I'll call. She's going to call her girl over in the attorney general's office. So that's what okay. I said. Yeah. If, if, if she can just check on things, man, and, and I know you're busy, if you could just let Michelle know, man, or, or something, it, <clears throat> it's just frustrating sitting here, Mike, not knowing nothing, but I'm going to talk to Michael at three o'clock. So hopefully he'll have some news. Okay, good. Um, I, I actually did. I actually texted Michelle like an hour ago and just said, Oh, okay. You know, told okay. her that I talked to, to, you know, the people in Detroit and yo, bro, you're, okay. you're beyond a patient dude. You know, it's, it, I don't know yeah. what's going through. I don't know what's going through your head after this long, knowing that the end of this shit is coming and it's gotta be a mix of anxiety and uh it's not really man you know what <clears throat> working and stuff it's not really anxiety it's just i'm done man i want to you know i want to get on with the rest of my life mike and do what i told you i want to go you know spend time with my loved ones my ma's going through trouble i want to visit my grandparents grave i want to start the second half of my life yep you know the fundraiser's going good i think hungry howies or buddies is going to donate like 200 pizzas so we'll Not. have the money to give them. We'll have the money to give them that's raised online. Then some people are sending in checks that own businesses, uh, and then we'll give them the checks. We'll give them the food that Gabby goes shopping for, and you know oh. we'll give them the pizzas that are donated. So they'll have yep. a good Fourth of July. Yeah. What's the name of the church uh, if they go online? Emmanuel Lutheran Church. Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Detroit. It's on the east side of Detroit. Right, and if you go on Facebook and just, what, type in White Boy Rick uh, Church? Yeah, I think it's on the Free Free Rick Worship page, and or you could just do charity. You could Google, like, charity, Rick Worship's charity food drive 2018, and it'll pop up. Okay, good. So if anyone's, yeah, so any of my listeners can know, just go to Free, Free Rick Worship on Facebook. You'll find it. And, you know, and get yeah, it Yeah, it all goes to a great cause. It's for the church, man. And, you know, there's a lot of people in Detroit that are growing up in poverty, and the kids, they need a little help, man. So we try and give them some food and, you know, make them have a decent Fourth of July. Yo, it's so crazy because I'm here right now in Detroit, you know what I mean? And, like, I'm watching the news. And, by the way, they did a, they did a big thing on you yesterday with Kevin Dietz and those guys, and they talked to Kim Worthy and whatnot. But... Besides that, like, you know, you're going to... Yeah, I heard she sat there and denied everything, but that's fine. It's all good, man. I could tell right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could look at... I could see her on TV. I was sitting there actually with my mom and I'm and, and my brother. And I'm just like, look at this. Oh, Michelle watched it and told me. She was like, you can look at her and tell she's lying or, or denying. I said, yeah. listen, she's the one that's got to live with it. So whatever. So true. I'm done with her. I'm done with Wayne, with her office. So... I don't yeah. care what that lady thinks about me. Yeah. You know what? She was, she, oh, bro, you'll see the clip when you get out, but it's, she was so full of it. She was so nervous. You know what I mean? She was backpedaling, nervous. It's Every, Everybody like with common sense knows what happened in Wayne County, dude. So they can mm-hmm. sit here and deny, 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 but I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm over it. It's, it's over. It's the past. I don't look behind me. I look ahead of me. So. Yo, when you get out, bro, we're going to do some cool stuff. We get you out to L.A., you know what I mean? We do some creative endeavors. 
you find an outlet to tell your story. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, no it, doubt. You know, it's so funny because I've told you that there's like a there's a speech circuit, like a there's like a motivational speech circuit waiting for you, but you just do not you you don't want to practice while you're in Florida. So I'm done. I'm done. I'm done preaching on my end. It's it's that's so hard to practice in prison. Like it's yeah. like where I'm at is is not inducive to practicing that. You know what I mean? It, it's like yeah. Hey, listen, they're calling me to the officer station for something, so I hate to cut you off, but I got to see what's going on. Okay, I got you, buddy, and I'll talk to you soon. You just hit me back whenever. Okay, I'll try and call you later on tonight. Okay, you got it, Rick. Okay, Mike, take care, and and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Later, buddy. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The caller has hung up. Dave. Yeah, I'm here. So you just got to, you and all my listeners, you guys just got a free glimpse into the world of White Boy Rick right there. And his the movie about his life comes out in September starring Matthew McConaughey. Obviously, Rick and I are friends and, you know, I'm doing what I can to move the needle to get him out sooner than later. You know, we, we pushed on some high levels to get him paroled out of Michigan. He has to serve two more years, you know, at least they said two more years. Uh, on a on a racketeering tr- situation that's all bullshit, um, why, and he has to serve his time in Florida. So he's in Tallahassee, and it's all bullshit. He got his sister a car ten years ago, and the people that were dealing with the car situation were shady. They tried to they tricked Rick. They're like, "Yo, just admit you did wrong, and we'll get you know we'll run your sentence concurrent." He admitted it. Bam, and they stuck him with a charge, and they got him. They gave him another two years. So he should be out of jail. It's such bullshit. You know what I mean? Listen, he admits all day long he was no angel, but he was no killer. He was no violent criminal. Never once in his life did he hire, did he order a hit. Never did he put, you know, he wasn't a fighter. He wasn't a dude like that. He just got caught up as a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old. You know what I mean? And he made mistakes. But fucking Kim Kardashian goes to Trump, gets some woman, you know, gets that woman, which she should have been out of prison anyway. It's her pardoned. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to talk to Matthew McConaughey, who I don't even know, but I did get him tickets to a Cavs game, uh, <laughs> which is very, which is, which is actually funny. I mean, I, Dave, I think maybe on this one, Dave, we post the picture of me sitting on the court with uh, with Chris Tucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like. I'm like the Forrest Gump of the prison system. Nobody knows me, but somehow I'm working to get people out. <laughs> but my point is, my point is McConaughey, when he goes on these talk shows, he needs to be firm and he needs to just, you know, you just, just say it, Matthew, just say what's up. Like free Rick Worsey, get him out of jail. He's done 30 years on a nonviolent drug offense yeah, under we- the 650 list. And that you know? movie's going to be huge. It, I mean, I've seen the trailers, the advertising. It looks like it's going to be like a blockbuster. So they should be trying their best to to help. Exactly. And listen, I don't know McConaughey, so I, I'm sure he. I'm sure he is saying things like he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he did say, um, if you look it up, he did say, you know, he's going to get out. He, Rick uh, McConaughey's very confident. I wish he. I, maybe he knows something I don't know, but. The good news is Rick will get out. The way I got, you know, involved is like a whole bizarre tale. 
on its own. So what do you think, Dave? Should I, should I, tell, should I tell the people how I got involved with White Boy Rick? Sure. Yeah, go for it. I think it'd be a good story. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if you know, but so bottom line is I wrote a drama about Detroit in 1975. My dad used to run an all-men's health club in the 70s. Uh, the, the mafia's headquarters were in the club. My dad was kind of a guy that was just kind of liked and trusted by everybody. There were pro athletes, gangsters, dope kingpins, judges, lawyers, all characters belong to this club. It's really a crazy, crazy place. And I wrote a story about it and I got it to Chris Silberman, who's the head of ICM, one of the, one of the partners at ICM. Chris Silberman loved it, said, holy shit, I want to call Eminem and his people. Next long story short, my script go, well, actually my script goes to Rappaport first. Rappaport reads it, says, holy shit, what is this? This is amazing. I'm going to call Paul Rosenberg. Paul Rosenberg gets it. He's the one who actually got it to Chris Silberman at ICM. Silberman reps Eminem. Long story short, next thing I know, I've got a TV series with Eminem on board as an executive producer. So to this point, we haven't sold the show yet, but we will. It's going to get revamped and we're going to sell it. Um, But so while I was working on that, I hired a researcher in Detroit, a criminal uh, historian, a crime historian guy, Scott Bernstein. And I, I was just kind of like giving him a little dough and saying, yo, could you send me your articles, please? I want to just use it for research and use it for my show. He was like, yo, no problem. He's like, yo, I'm dealing with white boy Rick. And I was like, wow, I, I know about white boy Rick because in middle school, Rick used to come across Bernie Middle School in, you know, just rocking a fur coat and the gold chains and you know, going with 10,000 cash in his pocket to the pizza parlor across the street. He had a, you know, my boys used to work at the pizza parlor. So everybody knew the story of Rick and the, the irony and the downfall and the biggest fucking bummer for him is the name white boy, Rick became famous, which was a terrible thing to be when you're living that life. You don't want to be famous. Like all these rappers that talk all their bullshit and, you know, act like they lived that life. And yeah, there are a few that did live that life, but the ones that really lived that life, the more quiet you are, the less famous you are, it's always better. So his being the moniker white boy, Rick actually worked against him. So I end up getting in touch with Bernstein. He puts me on the phone with Rick. Turns out Rick knows we actually had mutual friends in Los Angeles because at one point, you know, Rob Weiss from Entourage was going to uh, write the white boy Rick story. And Rob and I started talking, Rick and I were talking. And then, boom, all of a sudden, Rick and I are talking like every week he's calling me because I'm trying to use some influential friends that I have to push his, to get him paroled. Because he wasn't getting paroled. Every five years, he was popping up for parole and it was getting denied. And it was getting denied because the fucking shady ass people that were dealing with shit in Detroit at the top levels, that one of them was always connected to somebody on the parole board. So they were basically like, throw the, throw the key away on this kid. Fuck this guy. Keep him locked up. You know what I mean? And it was because he had the dirt on the dirty people, you know, on the people that were dirty. So we developed a good friendship. I started writing some stuff. I did Rappaport's book. Uh, you know, I co-authored this book has balls with Rappaport. And then Rick said to me one day on the phone, he said, yo, man, these people are trying to talk to me about a book situation. 
And, you know, would you want to write it? I was like, hell yeah, I want to write it. So, you know, jump to whatever, six months later, knock on wood, everything goes smooth. And we're going to, you know, we're going to do some work together. I don't want to say too much because I just can't say too much about it. When yeah. someone's locked up like that, there's just other absolutely. things, you know what I mean? No, so absolutely. Anyway, that's, that's, you know what I mean, Dave? I can't really, I can't give details on any kind of on the book, but let's just say Rick and I want to do some really good, positive shit to tell his story so that people can see what's going on. And you're going to see it when the movie comes out. Yeah, and I'm actually but the looking... movie only tells... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, saying I was actually... I Since we're talking about the movie White Boy Rick, I was actually looking at the cast of the people who are in this movie. And there is a lot of yeah. good people. Like, I mean, Matthew McConaughey is playing his father. There, I guess it's a new actor playing him. And then you had Jennifer Jason Leigh, Roy Cochran, Bruce Dern, Piper Laurie. There's a lot of big names in this. Oh, yeah. Yo. What's that noise? I have no idea. <laughs> what is that from? Oh, it's just, it's, it might be from your phone. I don't know. Oh, maybe did I not? Do I have to do? I don't have to do anything to like unmerge the call. No, We're no. not being listened to in the no. federal prison system, are we? <laughs> no way. No, 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 no. Okay. I, did, I think I, it's all right. It was just a moment. It was just a moment. Yeah. But anyway, that's how that's how I came to be cool with Rick. And, you know, listen, like I said, he was no angel. He was running with the kingpins, the dealers. You know what I mean? These guys were fucking running Detroit. They were moving 20, 30 keys a week out of here on private planes out of Detroit City Airport. They were making huge money moves. But the fact is, the dope kingpins, the killers, they're fucking out of prison already. They did 14 years, 17 years, 12 years. And it's you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's, it's, he's been in for 30 years. For not doing anything violent. Nothing violent. They, they caught him with eight kilos of cocaine. It was a, what was called the Michigan 650 Lifer Law. So if you got caught with more than 650 grams of cocaine, you got life no matter what. It was a law. That, it does, that law doesn't exist anymore. You know? And the deeper you dig into the prison system, the more you realize what a fucking racket it is. And so all these nonviolent, you know, drug dealers and people caught with weed and it's a fucking bullshit racket that the taxpayers are paying for. And the prison system is a gazillion dollar business. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's multi, multi, multi tens of billions of dollars are being made. The food companies, you got fucking food companies, famous food companies. You know what I mean? You got companies. And I'm not in front of my computer, so I don't want to like Nate call out companies, but major corporations that you've heard of every day, that you hear about every day, are making huge amounts of money off people being in prison. They get cheap labor. You know what I mean? You got these guys. Rick's out there fucking picking up garbage on the on a pier in Tallahassee. You know what I mean? Yeah. For two cents, ten cents an hour. You know. So how does it make sense? Where you know. It's like, look at what, like, you could take that shit all the way to the fucking immigration battles that are going on right now. Like, you want to, you, you know, Trump, our whole fucking country's working on cheap labor, bro. You're fucking using prisoners the way you're mad about immigration. Yeah. You know, these are out there picking up shit in 110 degree humidity and, you know, you're paying them 10 cents. Not beyond, beyond not minimum wage. 
you know? So listen, man, we live in the greatest country in the world, but there's some dirty ass people at the top and in the, at the lower top and the top, it's just, oh, yeah. I don't know. After, after kind of like researching Rick's case and going deep into the politics of at least, you know, Detroit at a certain time in, in, you know, history, you, you really sit there and go, shit, man, I should have been a fucking bank robber. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they were robbing, they were robbing everybody. The banks, well, I, I should have been more of a criminal instead of just a lame, petty thief breaking <laughs> into houses, taking necklaces and fucking car radios for $80, selling them to the Arabs on a Monday. I actually had a... You know what I mean? I wasn't... No, so I, I, had, I had a sound effect for what you were talking about, so talking about the rules and the government and the corruption and everything like that. So it's actually from Big Lebowski, yeah. if you want me to play it. It's kind of cool. Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on, really quick. Dave, you got to be queued up. Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you played that already. No, I didn't. And then I have, I have one where he's like, sure? I swear, and I've got another one where he's like, over the line. No, I didn't okay. play, the, I, I, played, well, I played different ones. I got like 30 of them. The bottom line is, man, it's almost like, you know, the smarter you become and the more you learn, the sadder you get. You know what I'm saying? Like... The more you realize, you wake up to what's really happening around a lot of this shit, it's just frustrating. And I was trying to use that as a theme for my show that's set in Detroit in 75. I wanted my theme to be, how can a man make a real living in the world when the game is already fixed? Yeah, And the game is fixed. You know what I mean? It's fixed. Now listen, you can go out in the world, you could be, you know, your dad's a doctor, made a great living. You can be an entrepreneur, make a great living. You can do all kinds of things and, and, and do great, you know? But there comes a point, man, when there's few people at the top that are calling shots. And unless you're in with them, you know, they're not, you're not going to get up in that mix, you know? Yeah, exactly. So you got really to really learn how to play chess. And just move up that. And I don't even play chess. But you got to just know when you hit that roadblock, go around it. Go up. Exactly. You know what I mean? You hit another roadblock. Somebody wants to stifle you. Boom. Go left. Go up. I talked to a friend of mine yesterday. One of the best stories I ever heard that I can't even tell because it's the way it all happened. But a big major Hollywood company was doing restructuring and a friend of mine was up at the top. And he had a hater above him. There was a hater above him. And he, when they were restructuring, his boss came and was like, yo, you're not part of this. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm the biggest earner in this company. And it was straight up a hater. And so my boy ended up talking with the CEO of the actual company, not his boss, who was a president, the, the global CEO of this major company. And he said, no problem. You can let me go. No problem. But I'm just going to let you know, you got a major problem in your, in your, on your team. You know, you haven't had any TV shows in the last five years. You haven't had any hits in the last five years. We got nothing on the table for the next five years. You know what I mean? So go ahead and let me go because I'm done anyway after this. And the CEO, the head guy was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, where are the issues? He said, listen, I don't work for you anymore. I don't need to tell you the issues. Please, let me, let me. Give me some time. Let me think about this. He calls my boy back like 24 hours later, and he gives him a bigger position in the company. 
Wow. He went from being let, being let go to fucking running the ship. And, and I'm talking about a major company that we've all heard of. And it's a, you know, and it's, it's, he, he pulled a chess move. Not many people would have done that. They would have just taken that 90 day, you know, release time and gone and found another job. <clears throat> but his value, he knew his value and he stepped up. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, the hater, the hater generation is some sad shit, you know, and I haven't really dealt with it too. I gotta be honest. I don't, maybe I got secret haters, but I don't know. I've never really had a beast. I've never had like a hater situation that I can think of. <laughs> Where someone's just like out to get I'm you. I'm trying to like, yeah, just like out to crush you or out to like stop you from advancing. I almost don't even believe in like the haters. Like they're, they're there, but I believe in like the, okay, you want to stop me here? I'm going around you, through you, over you. You know, I'm just making a side move. You know, exactly. Just can't, can't, can't let They're the one there. thing get in your way. You got to like find other ways to work around it to like get what you want. Totally. But it's funny because a lot of comedians have had beef with other comedians. You know what I mean? Back <laughs> in the day, Rogan shut down Carlos Mencia, buried him. By the way, deservedly so, because he called him out on what was real and just crushed his shit. You know, then they had their comic beef. Um, I don't know of any like other big, like well-known comic beasts, but yo, Dave, tell me if you think this is a good idea. I wanted to do like a rap song, right? Almost like my own gangster rap song about comedians. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, like the way that like 50 Cent had that song that put him on the map way back in the day about robbing Jay-Z and robbing all like the rappers. It was on a mixtape. What if I did like a funny... I don't know, man, like a hard, because it's like the irony is like comedy's not hardcore, but it is. I wonder if there's a, something funny I could do with like a song, like a hip hop song. You should. So no, you know? I don't think anybody's made a song that specifically focuses on comedians. I don't, I think right. You'd be the first one to do that. I stomp you out like a back spinning kick from Joe Rogan. I smack your head off your shoulders like a crowd from Bill Burr. I take off my shirt like my name is Burt Kreischer. I'll bum rush your whole shit. Call the rabbi, Ari Shafir. He knows the deal. I'm over here. You got a problem with me? Fuck it. I'll be in the original room on Tuesday at 1.15 because I'm not getting spots even though I'm so hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll just start, call I'll just start calling out like, like real comics. That was just a laugh at random demented laugh I had that that would work. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. But what do you think about that concept of doing like a song? I think you, you should, know. I think you should do it, it because I'll call it open mic. Because here's what you can do: because record it, make it awesome, blow it up on YouTube, make it get a million views. Because <laughs> you can right. have, and I'll record it. Well, what I'm trying to think of like the point of view of it. Like, what's the Maybe I call it open mic and I like openly challenge comedians. Like I'll take you out at any open mic. You know what I mean? I think you should do the video at the, com kinda, the comedy store. Like just do it on the stage in the comedy store with the microphone where you're rapping and have someone like with a camera in the comedy store kind of just like so you can do, do, the, do like a roast battle in the, uh, in the comedy store. Yo, and I kind of want to do it and I want to dog out like the the younger comedians who are, who are actually not that funny, but they have huge followings. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to kind of go at, like, that angle. Like, like guys like Burr, they fucking put time in. Rogan, time in. Joey Diaz, time in. The Beasts put time in. Some new cats, they got, like, four million followers. But they, they're not funny. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking maybe I want to, like, and I probably could pull off I could probably pull off the whole song without even naming a name. How about that? That'd be the most gangster shit. <laughs> Let everybody be, figure out who you're talking about. The chorus could be something like, you know who you are. You think you're a star. Seven million views. Not even, you know what I mean? He ain't as funny as the doorman outside. Something <laughs> like, you know, I'll figure it out. But there's something there. My, my brain's working, Dave. My brain's working. Nice. Yeah, and I got our, our podcast uh, Instagram stories that need to be told. It's actually up to almost 300 followers now. Dave, you're killing it, bro. We should set goals. Like, Aaron's in there. Aaron, we need to keep pumping, man. We need, we need, we need to push. We need the whole family. I need, my, I need the picture on the wall. You know what I mean? We, we, I want stories <laughs> that need to be told on that wall. Oh, yeah, the, the, you know? the, the wall of fame there. I, I could always like call my boys like Ari and Bert and Tony Rock and Sebastian and Brett and be like, yo, pump up my podcast. But I don't know, man. I, I kind of like the way it's kind of organically going, you know? Yeah. I don't think we need that yet. I think I'll get Saget on camera. Like me and Saget, we play Florida tomorrow night. We're playing the Seminole Coco Casino. I could get Bob to say whatever I want, like whatever you think is like a good... Yeah, I mean, maybe we do a little video. I mean, like, if these guys stay, are like Bob, me and Bob in the car on the way to the venue. He could be like, "Yo, Bob Saget here. Looking forward to coming on stories that need to be told sooner than later." Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you if, know what I mean? So, exactly. If your friends are willing to help you, let let them. I know. I never ask, man. That's why I'm so fucking exhausted. But if they're offering, I never ask. If they, if they're offering, you should just be like, okay. Well, no one's offering. No one's calling. Go, yo, Mike. What can I do for you? You know what I mean? Comedians are like a narcissistic band of gypsies, and it's not even out of anything negative. They just kind of don't think about. Most comics don't think about anyone but themselves. That's why it's a single. You know, it's an art form of a one person. It's a one man band. You know, some people just don't have that team mentality. <laughs> you know, when I started Young American Comedy Tour, I had a team mentality. You know, my whole dream in my brain was like, yo, let's go make $7 million as a team for everybody. You know, I always said that about stand-up comedians. I always said, like, that's why I love Sandler, man. Sandler fucking takes his crew for the last 20 years. He puts them in his movies. He makes, you know what I mean? They just, they're just a fucking little band of, you know, fun, exactly. funny dudes make shit together. And that's actually how I knew. Like, I went to lunch at Nobu in Malibu a few weekends ago and we just happened to randomly sit next to Adam Sandler's wife and daughter. The only reason why I knew it was Adam Sandler's wife is because of Zach, because of the reason of what you just said. He puts his crew in all of his movies and his wife is in every single one of his movies. That's the only reason why I knew it was her. Oh, that's awesome because I have no idea what his wife looks like. Yeah, well, she, she usually, in every single movie Adam Sandler does, his wife is usually in it but he makes his wife be like this person that's very mean and insulting towards him. So his wife always plays the woman that hates him in all the movies. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's a, there's a few of those where his okay. wife, his wife comes in there and makes a nasty comment towards him and he and, and he gets all upset. <laughs> yeah, I've got one good Sandler story. So 12 years ago, 10 years ago, something like that, we're playing hoops up at DiCaprio's house, five on five outdoor court. Me, Sandler's there. I'd never met Sandler before. I had a slight back injury, so I wasn't playing great, but I was still decently on my game. Sandler was playing. L was playing. I think Connolly was playing. My boy Chuck was playing. Lucas Haas was playing. Sandler had one of his boys. It's also in his movies. I forgot his name. I think he like writes his movies. He was up there. A couple, a couple, you know, who's and who's whatever, whatever. A couple dudes that we know were up there playing. Robin Thicke's got a good game, by the way. He can ball. He can ball. I got to give it to Robin Thicke. The dude can ball. He's not, he's not a lame. Um, so we're up there balling and, uh, Afterwards, my boy introduces me to Sandler, says I'm a comedian, which was like made my day because I'm a huge Sandler fan already. Next thing you know, boom, Sandler invites me to play at his house. So this was like a month later when I'm all healed up. So I go to Sandler's with one of my boys. Sandler's got the backboards that kind of give a little bit. Like anything that you throw off the backboard was going in. (laughs) Really? So, So I haven't been on fire like this. I've only been on fire like this like three times in my life. And I, I don't, I almost was embarrassed. I fucking must have hit. Oh, and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was playing. Oh, yeah, he was the nicest guy in the world. I would not call him an athlete. <laughs> Unless he was just playing a character while on, while on Leo's driveway. Let's just say he's a super sweet guy. One of the funniest people ever. 100% not an athlete. Maybe soccer's his game. I have no idea, but basketball was not his game. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> so, good one. So, we play at Sandler's house, and I must have hit 40 points, bro. I'm not even kidding. I hit everything coming down. And one of my boys that was there with me started to get upset with me. Like, uh, he kind of, like, thought I was showing off, but how can I show off? I'm not a college basketball player. I just happened to have one of those games where everything went in. And my boy, like, exploded on me. He's like, what the fuck, man? You think you're trying out for the pros? What's going on? (laughs) And Sandler was so nice. Sandler was like, hey, man, how about you just say great playing? (laughs) How about you just say your boy's fantastic? How about you play on our – how about you – hey, man, how about you play on our team? And Sandler was super cool, and we became cool after that. I haven't seen him in a long time, but he was – one of the nicest dudes ever. Actually, believe it or not, check it out. So the only the only kind of close thing that ever happened to me in a basketball court, because like you said, people get heated in the, in the battle of the moment and, you know, kind of lose control with this and that. And so this is kind of a random story, but I was playing basketball my freshman year of college. Um, one of my good friends was actually, um, he was a guy named Bart Lessons Castellano. He's part of the Castellano family from, you know, Paul Castellano. And I was playing basketball, and I was making every shot. And he got literally, like, got mad because I wasn't playing defense at him. And he, like, tried to push me. He's like, he's like, I know you're better than me, but you don't have to disrespect me by not playing defense. And he got all heated on me. <laughs> Wait, so you almost got clipped by a Castellano who's the head of the Gambino crime family? His nephew. You almost his, got his, beat his, up because you were playing too well? Because I was, well, yeah, it's, it, was, it was Paul Castellano's nephew. And we were playing basketball. I was making all these outside shots, and I just—I guess I was being lazy on defense. And he got offended that I wasn't playing defense on him. And he like—he like—he like, he like, got all pissed off and like tried to push me. 
Yeah, because it's almost worse to not play defense on somebody than it is to check them if you think they're lame. Say what up, Ma. Hi. It's my podcast. Hi there, podcast <laughs> I just walked in the house. My mom's, uh, she's, a, she's got her Billy Joel playing. She's doing her thing, cleaning up. Tomorrow oh, wow. I go to Florida. Nice. Me and Saget, Seminole Casino. That's going to be a good show. Coconut Grove. What's that? It's going to be a good show. I think it's going to be, yo, we're almost sold out already. It's a thousand seater, and I think it's a wrap. Wow. I think it's sold out. I, yeah. So, Dave, uh, no thanks. Maybe in a minute. Oh, so the, Dave, I was going to go back. What? I was going to tell you, Goal, Goal actually reopened. I went there the other day. The, 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 the pizza is fantastic. I know you were anxiously waiting to know about that. And so the, the pizza's fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, called now they call it Goal 2.0 on the menu, and it's it's back in business. Opening day was packed. How was, what was it? Yeah, opening opening day it was packed all day, and then I went for the NBA draft yesterday. It wasn't as packed as opening day, but it was just good to see everybody. And now we now our spots back. Yo, how do you like the uh, the seating arrangements? I heard they changed up the middle seating. So what they did is they put two very long tables as opposed to having those circular tables. They have two yeah. very long tables bolted to the ground. So, so I guess it's more like um, – I guess it's more room for people to stand and actually have a place for their drinks as opposed to you know holding their drinks and maybe dropping them because someone's walking by or something. Oh, so you feel like it's a better controlled environment? I mean it, it, it's – it's better for the fact that the, the 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 tables are longer, so like you can you don't have to be sitting all the time, but you can still have an area to put your food or your drinks and not have to worry about finding a seat. I love that. And how do you how do you like the community sitting? Like you kind of could be sitting next to or across from a stranger. Is that cool? Yeah, I mean it's it's just pretty much there. Like engaging, they want you to engage and be social with the other people. So it's like, you know, I love it. And how about thing. TV, any new TVs, the same TVs, yeah, same TVs, the big screen, there's, there's new food. Um, it was, it was pretty good. I had a good time there yesterday. Good. Any cute chicks rolling around? How's the staff look? I've only met two. They were very nice. One is, uh, from Philadelphia. You would have liked this because Akeem, I thought Akeem was from Philadelphia and I was trying to make an introduction because he's always talking about the Eagles, the Sixers, every Philly team. So for some reason, he's from Charleston, South Carolina, and I go to introduce him to the, to the new waitress. And I'm like, hey, this is Akeem. He's from Philly just like you. And Akeem's like, Dave, I'm not from Philly. And the guy next to me is like, yeah, that's how you can tell they're such <laughs> great friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, where's he from? I thought he was from Philly, too. Yeah, he's from Charleston, South Carolina. So he's like, so Akeem's like, well, he got half the introduction right. I like all the Philly teams, but I am not from Philly. <laughs> so they got a big laugh from it. So he's just been a Philly fan? He's not even from Philly? No, he's from Charleston, which is, I, I love that place. If you walk around Charleston, it's just, it's like walking through a movie set. Uh, I feel like I've been there. I think, is, I'm trying to remember if, uh. Charlie Goodnight's comedy club was in Charleston. It was one of the best places I've ever been. Maybe, maybe it's wait. Is it you said Charleston, South Carolina, or North Carolina? Uh, South Carolina. Yeah, no, I've never been there. I'm trying to think of the place I went. Charlie Goodnight's is a comedy club, which is classic. Which, ironically enough, 
I've been going up every single night in Detroit in like little ass, half beat up, you know what I mean? No crowd comedy clubs and just working out my new material. Did it work? You know, I've been going, you know, it's been going great, man. I got my whole new bit on like alone time, divorce friends, like my new stuff about like, you know, dating a girl that's got your head all twisted up is killing it. Um, just, just a bunch of new stuff, man. That I just, the, you know, relationships, the faster they start, the faster they end. That bit's coming strong. It's just, bro, I haven't felt this good about doing stand up in a long time, man. Duh. Winning. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to getting back. I was going to fly tomorrow. So tomorrow I play uh, Florida with Saget. I was going to fly back on Sunday to LA. But honestly, bro, I didn't feel like doing a five-hour flight. So I'm just going to come back up to Detroit for a few days, get some shit straight here. Um, And I'll be back in LA LA like midweek. Nice. So midweek next week? Midweek. Yeah, midweek end of – I'll be back before the 4th of July. Oh, and then, by the way, this little midlife crisis situation I'm having sparked me into leaving my apartment. So I gave notice. I'm out. Goodbye, Burton Way. Keep your YouTube stars. Keep your hookers. Keep your fucking girls. You know, you keep everybody in there. Goodbye, dope kingpins that bacon, you know, pay cash for their penthouse suite. I'm tired of that building. I love my boy Jaime, the maintenance guy. That's my brother. I'll miss him. But I am getting out of that place, bro. I'm done. I'm amazed. I was, dark forces. When you said you were there for 15 years, I was stunned. So I guess is it, I'm hoping it's rent controlled, right? Hell no, bro. I've been paying a fortune. I could have bought a mansion in Beverly Hills for what I paid already. Wow. The reason, why, the reason why I ask is because my cousin, um, she lived with us you know, in Orlando when I was a young kid. And she moved out of her house to her current apartment now. She's been in the same apartment since 1994. Three or four because it's rent controlled, and it's right in Westwood, like a mile from UCLA, and it's like a three bedroom. You know that. <laughs> it's that's a, incredible. It's a three bedroom place for like eighteen hundred dollars, and so she was she was you know doing no cra- way yeah, and so she was doing Craigslist, and so she basically got to live rent free for ten years because she rented out the two other rooms for nine hundred dollars, and she paid nothing. So she's been living in LA for free for like over a decade because her place is rent controlled. <laughs> I'm the dumbest person in the country. I'm so dumb, it upsets me. I've never been good with money. I've been throwing it away my whole life. I gotta, I gotta make a change. Dave, when I get back, we gotta start looking for places for me to live, buddy. I don't want to spend twenty six hundred dollars. I want to spend two thousand, and I'll go rent control. I'll go anywhere. I'll go in a box at the beach. You know what I mean, <laughs> I'll go in a studio. I don't even care. I just want something simple, and with lighting. I need lights. You know what I mean? I, I've been living in the dark, bro. Oh yeah, that's you know. No, I'm the only I'm the only pale person in L.A. Well, except for Connolly and me, I'm pretty pale. I, I I burn. I get red. I don't look at tan. I'm done, bro. I'm done with that place. I'm excited to get out. Um. Anyway, yo. So we should wrap this up because it's it's been an hour. Nice. And also, I was gonna tell you, um, Warp Tour started yesterday, so um, I actually helped set up. You know. For that band on Wednesday night. So if you wanted to have me get a correspondence with the, the the singer from Ice Nine Kills, I can do that for you. If you want to get like little, you know, correspondence from the last ever Warp Tour, because after the summer Warp Tour will never exist. 
Oh, really? This is the very last one, and, and this is like the, the swan, the song, the swan song for it. Interesting. That's cool. I never, I've never been to Warp Tour. I just know that like it's a very young tour, and it's like kids with van shoes and skateboards and checkered <laughs> pants. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to go on Sunday to the one in Ventura, so we'll see how that goes. I've never been to an outdoor music festival, so I'll, it'll be opening a new world for me, I guess. Yo, bro, by this time next year, we'll be doing our podcast live from Coachella. So don't worry about it. <laughs> That's awesome. I still think we should do one in goal. And actually, I, on one of the comments the other day, they wanted to know when I would be hosting karaoke in a tuxedo if we, if we were actually doing that. <laughs> yeah, by the way, they must have heard that on the podcast, right? Yeah, Where exactly. Else they have heard that? It was right on the podcast. Who, who asked you that? It was, it was just some guy who follows you and me in the podcast account. It's some guy, um, his... Uh, Handle was like long live Bob, and he was just like, I wrote something. He's like, It's like, yeah, when are you gonna host uh, karaoke in a tuxedo like you guys were talking about? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. We got Are they bringing karaoke back? Was there any talk of that? Uh, yes, I think kar- karaoke, Taco Tuesday starts Tuesday. Karaoke, I believe, starts after the FIFA World Cup. So right now they're sticking to the hours of 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. until the World Cup is over. Got it. All right, good, good. Um, we're going to wrap this up, okay, Dave? All right. So tomorrow, Saturday night, me and Bob Saget, Seminole Casino in Florida, Coconut Grove, Seminole Coco Casino. If you're in town, come on by. There's a few tickets left. Um, by the time the podcast comes out, you pr- actually this will probably be over, so this could be n- null and void. July 13th and 14th, Irvine Improv, me and Saget. Um, Come in August, we're playing, uh, I'm sorry, towards the end of July, we're playing Oxnard Levity Live. Then we go to Kansas City, and then we go to Portland at some point. I just don't know. But just, you know, keep it, keep it, keep it tuned in. Stories that need to be told. This is Mike Young. Today you heard from White Boy Rick, whose movie comes out in September. Go support free white boy rick it's about time stock tip dave thanks bro aaron my homie thank you buddy for running the uh whole ship and then uh keep a look out for the podcast stories that need to be told for all updates for mike's comedies stuff he's involved with and the podcast updates as well stories that need to be told the podcast name stories that need to be told tell all your friends all right all right Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back. Never had now. to worry about what I did. The one time I'm a one, man two. now. What's Check the plan it out. Now. Gotta the get it down. No sound. time getting down. Now. Now. Take me back uh, when I was a one, kid. Two. Never had to worry about what back. I did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now.